Hey guys, welcome to the Fortnite Podcast. Too many requests. Today's topic, we'll be talking about the future of console gaming. And with the new generation of consoles coming up, we're going to be talking about the PS5 and the Xbox One Series X. And Storm against the the king right now with Switch. So we have our host, Two. Say hello. Hey guys. We have our host, Four. How you doing? And I'm Nine. So let's start into this. Um, the PS5 just had their event out last week, right? And they finally fully revealed the new PS5 console. So it is in a shaming, beautiful, futuristic router design. It's <laughs> clearly uh, taking people's, um, what's it called, eyes, and um, could be a huge competition for Xbox. Now, um, Xbox uh, just recently announced uh, within the last 24 hours that their their major event will be sometime in July. No exact date right now, but it seems like they're feeling the heat, so it's maybe, you know, they might have something in their sleeves. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's let's talk about the PlayStation 5 first, since, you know, information is revealed. There are people, we, we have time people to settle and talk about it and see what they think about it. So I'd like to hear what your guys thought about the new PS5. Sure. So I'm actually really looking forward to the PS5. Um, you know, I've actually had a Xbox pretty much since the 360 came out. And that's yeah. kind of been my go-to console. I had 360, I have the Xbox One. You know, most of my good friends and whatnot all played on Xbox. And I've actually never really owned a PlayStation, except for the very original PlayStation. However, um, I mean, this console looks, like, to be honest, like a beast. I mean, I think it looks really clean. I'm a big fan of the color scheme, you know, like the white on black with the blue. It um, is unusual. I will give you that. It's a very it's super unusual. I mean, like when I built my my gaming computer, I mean, like that's a similar color scheme to what I went with um, for like my interior. I have a black case, but you know, I have a white motherboard, like blue LEDs, and I mean, just like that frost type look that I think is really appealing, and it just catches my eye a lot. It's um, gorgeous. I'll give you that. So I, I'm excited for one, just how it looks. I think that's really cool. It's game changing for consoles. I don't. I think it's really neat. Um, and then I think there's a lot of uh, cool things coming out in terms of games and specs and other things, but we'll get into that. Um, but two, what do you think? What's your what first you think, uh, thought? Yeah. Honestly, um, I'm not a big fan of the color scheme. I have to say, you know, I, you know, I played PS2 back in the day. I played uh, a little bit of PS1 back in the day, but honestly, I'm a huge PS3 kid. So that whole PS3 slim with the how sleek it was, how you know it was black on black. I just it was gorgeous i love that whole system i love that whole design i loved it so much i still play on the ps uh three to this day right the ps4 mm-hmm. was also really nice but i wasn't a big fan of the whole controller setup and you know ps5 is a similar controller setup although it's really nice like how the controllers are you know dualshock 4 was really cool i'm still a hardcore fan of the ps3 and it has, it has a very special place in my heart but the ps5 i have to say the graphics though from what i've seen it's a whole other world of graphics we're coming into and everything right um, we'll get into the games and everything later, but like, you know, I'm super hyped for the PS5 color scheme wise, you know, console system wise. This is probably one of the biggest consoles I think Sony's made in a while. Like this mm-hmm. thing is massive. It's like, very, I, I think this puts us in very good premises if you think about it. Cause you got four here with like a long history of Xbox, you know, Starman way before back, you know, 360 era stuff like that, who actually really likes the new PS5 design. And you have two here who been you know ps playstation fanboy since almost the beginning and has doubts about it so it really puts uh i think it reflects the community's uh questions right now how long time sony fanboys are kind of like in doubts of the new design while it's the new the new breathtaking striking design is actually bringing people outside of the typical community to 
to look in. You know, so, maybe it reminds me a little bit of the Xbox 360, just because, I mean, that was probably one of the the first all-white consoles that came out, right? Yeah, you're right. You know, your original that's Xbox not 360. True. Um, we, that's not true. We got the, um, yeah, the, the Wii, Sega Dreamcast. Sega Dreamcast. Oh, and Sega the Dreamcast. Wii, you're right. You're right. You know what? Thinking about it now, there's actually a lot more white consoles in the market than I thought there were. You know, this is... I thought this was really, really new, but, I mean, looking back at it, maybe it's not all that new. It's not new, but it is uh, the design itself is striking. It's not a typical design like you mm-hmm. even even white consoles back in the day. But the Wii, it's like a Dreamcast. Technically, the PS One, it was kind of like a white boxy. gray. They're boxy, exactly. They're like a boxy. They're standard. You look at them, you know they're game console. This mm-hmm. one, you can tell it's a little game console, but you mm-hmm. can tell it's a little bit something else too. Like they're willing to really throw conventions out the window and be like, "This is how game console next generation yep. would be, and this is how we should go for it." So I, I really Xbox. nice. Hmm? What do you guys think about the Xbox, the Series X? It's a box. It's literally a box. <laughs> I like. It. I I personally like it. I mean, I kind of see where they're coming from. Uh, Microsoft, you know, is no longer just a player in the Xbox community now. They're they've been dipping their whole hand in the PC mark gaming now too, and I can definitely see the influence of like mid tier towers designs that they're coming in. So I pretty much see it as like like their interpretation that the Xbox is just pretty much a standardized gaming PC, you know, like a PC that you can just plug and play and that's it. And it works. And I kind of like that idea, you know, like, you know, sometimes some people, the big problems I hear with people coming into the PC gaming market is just that it's it's just too convoluted. Sometimes it's too much for them to dive in. You know, what parts do I get? Which is the best monitor? AMD, Intel, you know, it gets convoluted and and Microsoft being just buy our Xbox, plug it in, and it works. I kind of like that. I, I personally like the box design. I can see why people being like, it's just a box, like two said earlier. Yep. But uh, I personally like it, especially with the, the uh, I don't know if you guys saw the glowing hue that I had on top of it. Mm-hmm. it I personally nice. like that it. Really that, nice. That's pretty <laughs> nice. But, I mean, it's funny too, because looking back in the reveal, right? The way they revealed, I don't know if you guys remember, saw the reveal video, but it, it came out out of like, the water, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like this big striking tower. Right, so I expected it based on the design alone to be massive, mm-hmm. right? But it's not that big. And then you have the PS4 where people thought, "Well, that's a slim boy." But it's actually much bigger than the PS3. Massive. So yep. you get we're getting weird things about that. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not honestly, I'm not sure how I feel about the new Xbox yet. It, I mean, to me, it just looks so like awkward. I don't, I don't, I don't really know how to explain it, but like, it just looks misproportioned to me. You know, like I've seen we'll a lot see. of people comparing it to like a mini fridge, and like I think it's a super good comparison because like that's how it looks to me. You know, I know you said it, it could remind you of like a computer tower. Yeah, I, I could see it, but I mean, for me, but- a computer tower is just a little bit slimmer, sleeker, and like it just looks. I feel like it's just misproportioned. I don't know. They're just it's something is off to me. I can't quite put my finger on it. See, I feel that way about the PS5, right? Uh, what I like, I like the PS5 design, but without the disc holder, right? Mm. And I think that's game-changing for a console gaming because now you're really transitioning away from the disc. So Sony made this console version have a disc platform um, on one version and a non-disc on another version. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised to see that, like, the non-disc one sort of, like, take over. Oh, yeah. My worry with that, though, is like, for example, like my brother was trying to buy Madden the other day, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he was trying to buy it from like the PlayStation Store. They had it for 60 bucks, whereas I found it at Best Buy for 25 right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, that's kind of my worry that, 
you know, these gaming companies, you know, Sony, uh, Microsoft will really have a strong hold on the gaming market and it'll sort of be like we have to buy through them and we kind of don't have a choice, right? Yep. Well, they kind of want that. That's kind of their idea, right? That's like, so, I, that's ideal for them. So for, for those of you who might not quite be aware, he's talking about how the PS5, they released a digital only with no disc tray and then they also have a regular version that includes the disc tray, which is also a 4K Blu-ray player, which is actually a pretty big feature. Um, Nine, what, what do you think about that? I think, uh, honestly, it seems for me from the way they designed too, that they definitely designed the digital edition first mm-hmm. and then they designed a non-one after it because it just seems so perfect without the disc tray. It's almost like that was, that was the idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, we need a disc tray. <laughs> and then they slapped it on on the right and like there we go we got the disc tray that so guy it, put it on the software development board add disc tray, disc tray right there so like <laughs> I, I definitely think that Sony thinks that digital only is the way of the future they, and, and it makes sense for them for their from their perspective they, they lower produ- uh, manufacturing costs because you don't have an optimal drive uh, it's with the way technology is advancing the optimal drive part is actually one of the slowest parts now of the system, mm-hmm. right? We yeah. got SSDs and everything, and uh, you know, heavy twelve flops GPUs and and killer C processors. Now, like the optimal drive is clearly now the one of the weakest parts of the whole overall system. So it makes sense that I'm like, you know what? Maybe we we'll just cut that thing out and just have digital only, and that way we can like number two said control the ecosystem of the gaming. You want this game? You got to buy it through us. You can't you know, buy it from a third party. You can't do anything else like that. Not only is it a, is it one of the slowest pieces, it's also pretty expensive. You know, I mean, you're talking probably if you get just a blue a 4K Blu-ray player nowadays. I mean, you're spending you know at least a hundred dollars, if not more, right? right? So, I mean, maybe since Sony's manufacturing all the parts themselves, it's going to be between fifteen hundred dollars to put that disc tray in there. You know, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a large bro. cost difference, right? That you can save, and people won't have to actually pay to get the to get the digital edition. So, I mean, I think this is going to be the start of digital consoles and I mean, I think on the on the consoles that come after this, if there are even any, I doubt that we'll even see disk drives anymore because I mean, they're 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 just becoming irrelevant. Honestly, you're probably right, but I really hope from my personal opinion that that's not the the, the truth. I honestly wouldn't want to go towards a digital only environment. I really do like at least for me, having a physical version of the game, because you get into the issues of licensing, right? When you when you uh, download a game digitally, right? Yeah. A lot of people believe that like they own the game, but realistically, you're only renting the license of that game, which means that any point in the future, this company can shut down their servers, like three generations later, and call it a day, and you no longer have physical any access to that game, and you pay for. It. I personally believe that if I pay for a game. It should be with me, and I should have be able to play it no matter how long to the future, 20, so, 30 years. I, I kind of, I can kind of see where you're coming from, but I'm not, I'm not so sure if this is a, a digital problem versus an online problem, right? Well, uh, the problem, Call of Duty, problem, for example, those are those are online servers. I mean, if you have a Call of Duty game downloaded, even after the COD servers are downloaded or shut down, you can still play the the single player game, the, the campaign, right? Yeah, you're right, but you got to remember, like, there, there's no guarantee in that. Right. If I have a physical game, granted, there are some games and are exceptions, like you say, very heavily multiplayer focused games like Call of Duty or stuff like that, or FIFA. Right. These are very heavily online focused. I'm mm-hmm. players that don't proper on them. Granted, 10 years, 20 years on the line, they're not going to work as well. But there are a lot of ex- 
great games, single player focused games that I can still pop in 20 years later and play. But my fear is that these even single player games will be affected if they're digital because there's no <laughs> that there's no guarantee that play Sony won't say 20 years from those line, you know what? The maintenance of PS4 servers are too high. Let's shut them down. There's no guarantee. And I'm going and I'm going against the will of Sony versus my own will and you know yeah, I just don't like that. A, if if this was a I could see this maybe being a console problem. Thinking about this from like a PC perspective, you know, if I have that file, they can't delete it off of my computer. Like they just exactly. they can't do that. They can. I mean, versus yeah. on a PS4 or a PS5 or a console, you're, I guess you're right Sony could in theory delete that content off your hard drive or prevent you from playing it, but it has that, happened I just, already, actually. I, I just I can't quite see that happening at a, at a wide scale. Like, for instance, the, imagine you not being able to play offline games anymore. That would, I mean, that that would effectively make offline gaming not possible. Ah, yeah. but that was the premise for the Xbox One when it came out. That was the exact premise. They said when the Xbox One first came out, launched back at the last generation, that it needed an internet connection to play even offline games. And it got such a blowout from the internet that they quickly removed it, and it's why it had such a weak launch to that generation. So Microsoft already has dabbed their toes in that sort of concept of has to be online only. We control everything going in and out of that console. So that's see, what I'm but saying. But then, like the the consoles won't sell. Then you know, like gamers True. are very picky. So I, I like... mean, you you have a point. The console won't sell, and you know, like again, yeah, this goes back to the whole uh, whole thing of like you know capitalism. Like you know, we can have some influence on their mm-hmm. decisions and stuff like that. But what I'm saying is 20 years on the line, um, what if all manuf- all companies at once decided, let's do this. This is the time. Nintendo does it. Sony does it. Microsoft does it. What's that going to happen? Are we I, just- everyone, I guess everyone starts buying PCs. <laughs> yeah, long live the PC. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, sure, but I, I, I really doubt... Maybe the hardcore fans will be like, you know what, I won't stand for this. I'm gonna get a PC, but I really think that there are gonna be people, people out there that will you willing know what to I really buy see anyway. Is I want to see how these consoles actually launch. I want to see how the PS5 and Xbox Series X actually come to launch, because I think there has been a huge shift towards the PC market within the last five years. I would say, right? Yeah. And I think the one thing that's gonna validate it completely at this point is going to be that if Xbox Series X and the PS5 don't have, you know, as expected launches or they have weak launches, I don't see console gaming actually being a thing five, ten years down the line. I see maybe Xbox and uh, Sony releasing their own um, PC parts, like sort of like an Alienware kind of thing, right? So they're releasing their own PC parts because, you know, Sony's king of, like, the surround sound systems. You know, they're up there with Adobe, so it's like, they're a king of the surround sound systems, king of home entertainment, right? Then you have Xbox, which is owned by Microsoft, which is king of, literally king of the PC market. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I wouldn't be surprised that I see these companies coming out with their own specific gaming sort of PC parts and shifting more towards that market if these consoles actually have a weaker launch. You know, I know we discussed this briefly, uh, the three of us, but I mean, I could really see something like consoles just becoming completely irrelevant in, in exchange yeah. for PCs, right? I mean, originally consoles were meant to just be a cheap alternative to having to buy a computer for gaming. And not even necessarily just a cheap one, but also an easy one, right? But, I mean, PCs are becoming more and more easy to use. You have things like the Windows Store now. You don't have to know how to install software. You don't have to know how to download things. 
you just have to know how to open the store and, and click purchase or click buy, right? Like, it's becoming it's like easier, an app easier to do things on, on, on the desktops now. And, I mean, consoles are getting more and more expensive. They've been getting, you know, increasingly expensive. And I can only imagine what these are going to market at. And, I mean, they're not that much cheaper than buying a PC. And, I mean, a PC is just has so many other uses. And you have games that are, you know, coming out with so much cross-platform capability. And Microsoft is heavily in, you know, heavily investing in their um, Xbox on PC apps and stuff. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I realistically, I would not be surprised if, if, if consoles were coming to an end within the next decade. It's quite possible. Honestly, the people already have started dabbling that idea of that the console, or at least the traditional generation of consoles that we've been doing for the last eight yeah. generations, probably won't continue on. You know, may, may, maybe there'll still be consoles in the future, but it's just not to the extent or the similarities we have them now. It might be like how two says a lot of people are pitching that it'd be more like you purchase a base console and you then you buy the parts to upgrade it seven yeah. five years from now. That's what or, I'm thinking, or some others are saying it kind of like Stadia's method, how you just buy sort of like a a little box that connects to their servers and mm-hmm. you just play use their servers as kind of like your hardware and you play streaming all, all the time. I mean, granted, Stadia has a lot of issues and is performing horribly, but there's no there's no evidence that say that five years down the line, the Stadia method could be the, the next common way to play video games. Yep. And you know, um, I think that we could really see a shift in the whole gaming market, right? So let, let's take a look at what happened in other entertainment industries, right? Let's take a look at the at the at the movie and TV show industry, and even the music industry now, right? How, how how often do you buy movies? How often do you actually buy music and songs and albums and stuff, right? Like, nobody actually buys that content anymore. Everyone has subscriptions and they watch it and they, you know, either they watch it on their subscription platforms or they rent it, right? No one's actively buying and purchasing things like that anymore. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised that, I mean, we, we see things like Xbox Game Pass, which is already kind of pushing that on Xbox players. Um, where you're kind of purchasing a subscription, you get your games like that, and I mean, this is—I think this is becoming the new norm. So, I mean, honestly, I, I agree. I mean, as much as I would like it to stay kind of traditional way, call me old-fashioned, but I like the idea of purchasing on hardware and then playing it through discs. I know that it's not going to remain the same, and I know it's going to change. Granted. How fast they change, if it's going to be for the best, I don't have the answers for that exactly. But we'll see. Um, let's start off talking about the controllers, right? Sure. So now both controllers are now revealed. Um, you've seen the new PS5 controller, very similar to its console. And then you have the Xbox Series X, which seems almost nothing changed. Uh, so what is your thoughts on that, 2 and 4? Uh, I would say, you know, the Xbox controller, you know, it's sort of the standard controller. It's classic Xbox, right? They didn't really shift much away from it, which I like. You know, it's like a, it's like a call out back to like their old school fans and everything who's been with Xbox for a while. It's like a loyalty kind of thing. Yeah, right? like so, if it's not broken, don't fix it, right? Exactly, exactly, right? So I was a big fan of that. The PS5 controllers, um, they're much bigger now. They lo- At least they look a lot bigger now, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, so they look a lot bigger now. Um, it's going back to the PS4 
kind of persona, but at the same time, you know, they got rid of the color scheme for triangle, square, X, and circle. Um, so, you know, that that I kind of, like, miss, like, the nostalgia factor there and everything, but... um, Would you prefer something revolutionary, very dramatically changed, like the PS5 did, or do you like that pretty much the Xbox went with the whole... You know, people like how it is now. You just modify a little bit, and, you know, it's pretty much the same form factor. Yeah, to be honest with you, I think the PS3 controller was the best. If we could stick to the PS3 controller, that would have been great. Or maybe even the PS4 controller. The PS4 controller wasn't bad either if they want to keep that black touch bar, right? I mean, so yeah. It's like, so it's like this PS5 controller is not bad per se, but like to be honest with you, I think the whole color scheme of just the PS5 just still throws me off. It kind of looks like the Tesla Space Launch suits the other day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's still it's still not it's literally like a futuristic kind of thing, you know. Um, so we'll see, we'll see, we'll really see, I guess, you know, looking, once we actually have it in our hands for the look, for the actual feel, I guess maybe my opinion will change. But for right now, it's like, you know, it's a little different. And then I'm not sure if difference good in this sense here, considering how good the PlayStation systems have been, but, uh, I guess we'll find out. Not, uh, four, what are your thoughts? I'm a big fan of, I think actually both controllers. So. For me, when I think of a, a console controller or just a, a video game controller, I mean, I, I immediately think about the Xbox 360 controller. Like, that that for me is just, like, the prime example of a video game controller. Like, that's the default, in, to me at least. Um, you know, I, the Xbox One controller, uh, it's, it's okay. Maybe it's a slight upgrade. Maybe it's not. I mean, I had so many hours using the 360 remote that I'm kind of a little accustomed to that. But... You know, I can deal with the Xbox One remote. Um, now, reading up on the Series X remote, I've heard that they're trying to make it a little bit more ergonomic. It's supposed to fit different size hands better. They're rounding out some of the bumpers, making it more comfortable in your hand. Um, regarding the PS5 controller, um, I'm pretty happy they did things like including a microphone inside of it now, uh, USB-C for charging, including the audio jack directly on the on the controller. I mean, I, th- I see these as, as major upgrades, very big things I think is really good for the PS5 remote. Um, like I said, I'm a big fan of this color scheme, so maybe I'm a little impartial, but I, I'm a big fan of the white with the blue and black. I think it looks great. Um, and I mean, besides now, that, I don't really have a whole ton of experience with the PlayStation controllers. To me, they look a little odd because, you know, both analog sticks on the bottom of the controller instead of one raised, one down. That seems a little off to me, but... Like I said, I've always thought of the 360 remote as the default, so that's probably why. And also, it's funny how you mention the technology in the PS5 controller, the microphone and all that, because that comes into another thing a lot of people consider when they buy a new console, right? Mm -hmm. How much would it be for me to get another controller? Mm -hmm. Now, we're talking about technology like microphones and stuff like that and light bars. It's going to be expensive. That's what I'm saying. So what do you guys think? The prices, given today's prices with controllers now and stuff, and they seem to be rising every generation, what do you think the price will be for the Xbox and the PS5 controllers? I think, I think 50 the... bucks remote. You think 50 bucks? Yep. 50? Uh, 50? I think, mm-hmm. I think, honestly, I think, honestly... Uh, you got good hopes for them. Yeah, I think I think PlayStation keeps that at the standard $60, what it's been keeping it for a couple of years now, right? Yeah, so... Uh, if I'm not mistaken, a regular con- uh, Xbox One controller is uh, standard is sixty five dollars. Yeah, and a PS Five controller I think is sixty dollars. So only it $5 should be difference. sixty. Yeah, Sony's been ca- keeping steady at the sixty dollar price range for 
a while now. I know PS3 controllers always retail at 60. They still retail at 60 at some places, right? And then you have uh, PlayStation 4 controllers also retail at 60. So I wouldn't be surprised if Sony kept stayed put and kept it at $60 also for the PS5. We'll see. I mean, there are a lot... You can argue that there's a lot more technology in these controllers now. So they can justify a higher price. I, I wouldn't surprise if I see them. I've seen some of these controllers go up to like 65 70 depending on the color scheme. You know, some of them have exclusive colors. Yeah, and, colors obviously will play. And they go up. So, for, for default pricing, I think you guys are probably right, actually. Thinking about it now, uh, I know I've seen some of them on sale for 50 so that's kind of where I was getting my number from. But you're probably right. Default pricing is probably going to stick at about 65 Yeah, so, I mean, that's another thing to consider. Um, is when you have a buddy, you know, you got to buy a controller for them. So, hopefully, I would hope they don't change. But I remember back, I think, when the Xbox 360 era, they were, they were flat 50 when they, when they first came out. So, then they came you know what's the one thing I've always oh. loved about these systems? There's the one thing I've always loved about these systems since, my, you know, the PS3 days and everything. Mm-hmm. Even maybe in the PS2 and PS1 days. I don't know if you guys experienced that because I didn't experience that one as much. But, like, back in the PS3, PS4 days, you know, we used to always just have our controllers in our backpacks when we were in school. And yeah. It's like, no matter whose house we went to, we just went, hooked up our controller to their system and we just played. And I think yeah. that's always been the best thing about these systems is that, like, oh, I don't have to buy seven controllers and keep them in my basement or whatever, right? Yeah. I could just be like, hey, I'm going over. My buddy John over there is going over. Like, all right, let's go sit down and go play some video games, you know? And then I have my controller. He has his, and we just pop open one of the systems and we call it a day, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's that's funny. I, I just appeal with consoles. It's just it's so easy, so convenient, so appealing. You know, it's just a box, plays. It does one thing, and it does one thing well. And that's the whole point. Video. That's why I think everyone loves console gaming. It's just because, like, it's refined for just gaming, you know. Back to that PC convo we had, you know. It's like console gaming; it's there. Let's hit it. Let's play. Let's do our thing. Call it a day, right? Whereas PC, I can see where things can shift the dynamic between. Okay, here's work. Here's school. Here's gaming. Here's you know a personal project I'm working on or something. So it's like I see how that like discretion can't be designed, but like with console gaming, it's like, hey, I'm gonna go play some video games. Pop open one of the consoles and call it a day, you know. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. So let's uh, talk about the specs. So we have the specs lineup for both Xbox Series X and PS5, and I'm gonna you know list them off, and you guys take it in and see. Tell me what you think about the specs lined up, right? Mm-hmm. So for the Xbox Series, I'm gonna round them up real quick. They have the CPU, which is an 8Z Zen 2 core at 3.8 gigahertz, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the PS5 CPU has an, also an 8 Zen 2 core, but at 3.5 gigahertz. So 3.0 gigahertz below. Um, For the PS5, it was a 2 core processor? It's a 2 core. They're both 2 cores. They're 8 2 cores. Okay, I think you mean they're 8 core with a Zen 2 based CPU. Uh, it says 8x Zen 2 cores. I don't know if Zen 2 is just the name Zen, of the thing. Zen 2, or... Zen 2 is actually the, the, the kind of the... Uh, the, the brand? The, the model? It's the model or the series, yeah. Okay, the so Zen then it's 8 cores. It's an 8 core, yeah. So it's They're an 8, eight core eight AMD Zen 2. Yep. Got it. So it's an 8 core uh, Zen 2 brand model, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's AMD, right? It is Zen AMD. 2, that AMD. is AMD. So yep. they both that's decided AMD. to go for AMD. Ouch. Or Intel. Um, the GPU, so the Xbox has a 12 teraflop. 552SU uh, at 1.825 gigahertz. Mm-hmm. It's a custom RDNA 2. Mm-hmm. 
And a the PS5 has a 10.28 teraflops, 36 CUs at 2.2 gigahertz mm-hmm. with different variance uh, frequencies. So but it's also less... an RDNA too. Yep. Yes. Yes, but this well, Xbox claims that theirs is a custom. Well, I think PlayStation just a standard. PlayStation RDNA. also claimed theirs was custom. Oh, okay, then perfect. Then yes, yeah. <laughs> you have two customs RDNAs too. With the only difference really much being it's talking about two teraflops difference. Mm-hmm. So once again, seeing that the Xbox just has slightly over of a comp- of a technological edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, for RAM, they're uh, they're both at, uh, what's it called sixteen gigs mm-hmm. R GDD. R6, so pretty yes. good, pretty good. Um, bandwidth, memory bandwidth. Um, Xbox claims that they can do 10 gigahertz at 556 gigahertz per second, or six gigahertz at 33.6 gigahertz per second. I see two different speeds there. While Xbox, while well, PlayStation just claims 448 gigahertz per second. Uh, mm-hmm. Optimal drives. They both have a 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray drive. So Sony's really winning on that one. And then finally, uh, two other things is their storage. So the internal storages, Xbox is doing a one terabyte custom NVMe SSD, mm-hmm. while PlayStation just has a custom 852 gigahertz SSD. 825. 825. 825 uh, SSD. So Microsoft is a little bit ahead with that NVMe. However, PlayStation says you can extend it with an NVMe slot. While Microsoft, while Microsoft says you have a one terabyte extension card, which I believe is for hard drives. Mm-hmm. So they they also have an external uh, support on the Xbox USB two point two external hard drive support. Uh, PlayStation Five will not support external drives. They only support the NVMe edition, um, which Oof. is actually might hurt them in the long run because NVMe SSDs are one harder to install. They're easier to break for people that don't know how to do it well. Um, two, they're more expensive, um, you know, and it's almost a slap to the face of the consumer because you can actually do backwards compatible PS4 games on external hard drives. So it's not that PS5 can't do support for external hard drives, it's that they don't want to, simply because they always want to maintain themselves as the fastest on the market, uh, which I think is a little, a, a little BS. I would much rather have the consumer have that option and... You know, if I want to be able to save money or have a, a, a large external hard drive with all my games on it, you know, that's my prerogative. I'll take the performance hit. Um, but, you know, make that my choice. I don't want PlayStation making that choice for me, so I'm not a fan of that. That's crazy. I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, it, and these are, especially with, like, a console who has a digital-only mm-hmm. version, that storage is going to be your one of your biggest limitations from, for yeah. a console gamer, especially as games are just dramatically, exponentially growing in size. You got like games like Call of Duty, who are like easily over 100 gigs oh, yeah. right now. Oh, God. So, you're talking about close to, you know, between a $1 and $200 for a terabyte of um, NVMe SSD storage. Um, I mean, if you want to get something like five, six, seven, maybe eight terabytes of storage, I mean, it's hundreds and hundreds of dollars. I mean, versus you can get an eight terabyte external hard drive for you know on sale maybe two or three hundred bucks max. Max. I mean, it's, how many games are you playing that you have an eight terabyte hard drive? Let me ask well, that. Well, I mean, question. think about it. Think about it. I mean, I, I recently <laughs> downloaded a, a a COD update that was you know eighty gigs just for the update. So I mean, stuff uh, 
If you so have a up. large Lime game library, like on Steam, for example, I mean, I've got dozens of games, and I mean, going forward, if they're all going to be hundreds of gigs, I mean, eight terabytes isn't unreasonable to store your whole library at once. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah that's that's a concern I, I really do have. That and so something I struggle a lot with the PS4 throughout its lifetime. Um, it's just the storage. I constantly have to figure out, and basically, it's basically like a sacrifice ritual. Who do I sacrifice to the bin? <laughs> so may I play my Red Dead Redemption too? Mm-hmm. It's 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 maddening that I have to actually make these kinds of choices as a gamer these days. Where I used to remember, a uh, one little memory card can hold like the safe slot of just 32 games easily. Ah, uh, GameCube days, I remember. So, like, it's just maddening to me that I have to now make these games because they're easily costing more than 100 gigahertz. And with Sony basically standing, telling me right now in my face that I can't, there's no cheap way of me ex- adding that uh, external space, that's that's a that's a kick to the yeah, face. To be honest with you, I think this goes back, I think this goes also back to, like, you know, disc versus online. I think that's, that's definitely going to be one benefit to get the disc version of the PS5 because it's like, hey, if you delete like the software off your PlayStation, right, you yeah. at least have the disc to reinstall it, right? So it's like you can always go back and reinstall it, whereas you may not have a PlayStation account in the future, so you may not actually have it. So at least you own a physical copy of the game that you can always just install back if need be, you know? Also, back to that whole debate about this and online only, right? Mm-hmm. Quick thing I want, also want to add in is that this is also relying on another factor that a lot of people don't take consideration, but your internet speed. Oh yeah. Right. So yeah. like not everyone in, and easily, not even just in America, but around the world, not everyone has a gigahertz per second internet speed. Yep. So they can just download insane 30, 100 gigabytes of games in like well, within 20 minutes. I mean, let's know? talk about even just middle America, right? Middle America in some of these rural neighborhoods, they're still getting sub one megabyte per second download speed. I know people who are getting kilobytes in download, you know? Exactly. I mean, and if you're lucky in middle America, you're going to be getting sub 100 megabytes per second. I mean, not everyone is fortunate enough to live in, a, in an area where you're going to get gigabit speeds or even close to gigabit speeds. Yeah, so like you know, imagine you're some, someone in that area. You know, you, you don't you don't choose where you live, but you had to live in that. Could it be for family issues, work issues? Right now, you have to. You you know you are where you are. You can't take that. You buy the new PS five, uh, PS five, right? And you you start installing the game, and you realize that not only do you have to install the game, right, through digital only, mm-hmm. but you also now have to do an update. Yep, that's two slaps in the face before I can play my new shiny toy. You know. I actually have some friends that live out in uh, middle America, and occasionally I'm like, oh, why don't we play X game or whatever? And he'll be like, okay, all right, let's play it. And then we remember, oh, he doesn't have it installed. Okay, we can't, We actually cannot play that game tonight because he has to spend all night downloading it. His computer needs to be on overnight downloading that game, like 12, 14 hours to get it done. So Exactly. And we're talking about, like, this is just, like, the typical things for PCs, you know. Yep the thing, but now that that issue is slowly getting added to consoles, right? You're losing that one main appeal that consoles always had, which was mm-hmm. that plug and play accessibility. Now, you're, now that's also being tossed away. So, like that's you know, that's one of my concerns about the the digital only era that we slowly seems to be going to. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like it. I just don't like it. But uh, we'll see how it is. Um, so another thing, games, right? I mean, like you can have a shiny toy. Play whatever you want. It can do 20, 50 teraflops, whatever. But it doesn't have the games. I ain't buying it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the games real quick. Uh, 
PlayStation announced a whole lot of their games uh, during the last event. Yep. Uh, so let me just you know shut off real, some of these real quick. We got Spider Man, Mile Morales, Woo. which been confirmed. It is not just a uh, what's it called? It's not a DLC. It's a standalone. It's not a standalone. Yeah, exactly. It's not a DLC. It's a standalone. A lot of people were uh, itching back and forth. Some people say it was a DLC. Some people say it was a standalone. Finally, uh, a few days ago, a developer came forward from Twitter and be like, "No, nah, it's a standalone. Don't worry. Uh, no details on the prices, but I really hope they don't go with the whole full sixty. The way I'm hearing it, it sounds like it's like a like a an eight hour game. So not like a, not like a full blown game like the last Spider Man game. Or forty dollars, perhaps. Thirty. I wouldn't mind forty dollars since it is a new game. It's a launch game, and launch games are typically more expensive. That's what I'm thinking. They're going to stick with sixty. I really hope not, because from what I'm hearing, it's not, it's not like a full-blown game. So they shouldn't cost pay me like a full-blown game, you know? Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. I got a good hope for them. These guys are great. I love developers, so let's hope. Uh, let's hope. And it's coming out this holiday, so that's pretty quick. It's really nice. quick. Yep. Uh, we got Gran Turismo 7. I don't know if, I'm not sure you guys are racing Classic. fans. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love, uh, from time to time, I love playing racing games. Yep. And Gran Turismo is a it's just a veteran in the PlayStation lineup. You just cannot have a PlayStation game without Gran Turismo. Oh yeah. Uh, Resident Evil Eight was also announced, which is a direct sequel now to the seventh one, which has been a while. Not confirmation if it's an exclusive only to PlayStation, but it might be a time exclusive. So, mm-hmm. uh, Horizon Forbidden West, a direct sequel to Zero Dawn, another popular exclusive game that came back in the PS4 lineup. Very big game, new IP, right? Oh yeah, uh, and uh, it looks gorgeous. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for this one. I, I didn't play the original, um, but I did see the trailer for this, and I mean, like I said, it reminds me of Avatar. Um, you know, that that movie with the aliens and just like that beautiful planet, and I mean the color scheme. It just seems really soothing. I like like the exploration aspect of it. Um, I could definitely see myself kind of getting lost in this one. I have played the first one, and I could say it's a very gorgeous game. Very unusual premise, too. Um, it's part of like a sort of, um, if I remember the premise, pretty much the world's kind of in the future. Mm-hmm. Humanity has reverted back to a prime primal era because how far technology exploded and you know technology kind of bit us in the ass and reverted us back to primal age yeah. for many, many centuries. So now that's why you have these big high-tech creatures quote-unquote, roaming around, but, you know, humans are still living like tribes. So it's kind of a weird premise. I like it. has some good ideas working with it, and I hope the Seeker really blows it out and, you know, gets them that success they need. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got Ratchet & Clank, another stand, another stable IP in the Stony Planet. Classic, Classic yeah. Classic game. A lot of people are uh, loving the premise of this new one. Rift Dimensional, so hopefully they can do some wacky stuff with this, so we'll see. And apparently also announced a, a whole new character during the trailer mm-hmm. that's uh, supposed to be a, a very important character. So it's been a while since they ha- since the series had a, like a, a very important character like that, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. It was looked very fast-paced, uh, pretty interesting. And my, I think, most appreciated one of the lineup, uh, other than Spider-Man, was Demon Souls. So the they're remaking Demon Souls. I don't know if you guys played Demon Souls, but it was a PlayStation 3 era game back in the day. Uh I think it came around the launch of the PlayStation 3. Didn't do so well, but you may have heard of its spiritual brother, Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that yeah. game 
did actually blow up, did get super popular and spun off billions of sequels and spin-offs with Bloodborne and Dark Souls 2 and 3 and blah, blah. So now that the franchise and the company's doing well, they're going back to their first attempt and remaking it for the PS5. So I'm personally excited because I never actually played Demon's Souls, but I love Dark Souls 3 and those types of games. So I'm personally very excited for that game. And then we had some other, uh, I would say, pretty exclusive and pretty exciting games. Uh, there's two that you said for that you were pretty excited for. Uh, do you remember them? They were Project Aaliyah, Aaliyah. Yep. Aaliyah. And Aaliyah and Returnal. Returnal. Yeah. Weird name. So, I remember the really weird concept. I don't know if you remember the trailers. Mm-hmm. But like, it's kind of like dealing with death looping and kind of like futuristic like planet exploration it's really alien stuff it's super crazy super stuff uh these look like to be new ips if i'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. so and they seem to leave a lot to the imagination um so i'm pretty fan of both of these i mean project athia for one it looked really 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 fun um like watching the actual um trailer for this I mean, everything looked kind of like fast-paced. People were jumping around, like the actual movement. It was just like I wanted to pick up a controller and start playing myself. Um, and as for Returnal, this actually reminded me of a movie, um, sci-fi movie from a couple of years ago called Prometheus. And just, oh, yeah. just the color scheme and, I mean, just like the, the, the space suits they were wearing. And it, it all just kind of was very appealing to me. It's it, they look like really good games, and hopefully, um, they are, turn out to be great games to play with. We'll, we'll see how they go. Um, but other than that, we had um, uh, Sackboy. I don't know, I don't know if you guys ever heard of Sackboy? He's part of the yep, Little Big Planet yep. series, he's pretty much their Mario, right? And just like Mario, they turn him into uh, a 3D platformer now for the first time, so no longer 2D. And we got two that I was saying that that out first time I've actually been very exclusive for a non first party game in a while but destruction all stars and death loops so destruction all star is basically this derby and twisted metal hybrid of a game right kind of cyberpunk era ash you are like a couple of these um demolition derby uh drivers with like special abilities and stuff and your whole point of the game is to knock the the, the absolute hell of your car and then use special abilities to like get that competitive edge in this very extreme sport era kind of uh, game, looks right? Fun. Yep. It looks crazy fun, very goofy, very silly. Just my type of game. So I really hope it plays pretty well too. And the other one, I think for you also excited with me on this one was Death Loop. Oh yeah. Which is a professor published game. Um, it had very Bioshock vibes when I was looking at it. Mm-hmm. I actually thought it was Bioshock uh, 5 or 4, whatever. I had that same exact thought. I was waiting for Bioshock to pop up, and it just never did. It was crazy. It it had the same aesthetic, the same feel, almost even the same music. It really clicked with me when they they were showing off the enemies and these these, uh, guys that had these, like, New Year's masks. And I was like, that's Bioshock 1 and 2 right there. This is Bioshock 3. Wait, called it, waiting for it, and then... and then it hit me. Not Bioshock. You know, it also kind of reminded me of Deceit. I don't know if you guys ever played that at all. Um, no, actually. Never actually played I'm that. I'm sorry, one. not Deceit. Um, no. Oh, what was the name of that game? Remember you were playing as the... Uh, it was It was almost like Bioshock and, and Assassin's Creed combined. I forget. I cannot remember the name of this game. The combat huh. system seemed very familiar to me. 
It reminded me a lot of that. If I remember it, I'll, I'll come back to it. But I can't oh, anyway, remember. the premise of the game is also a very unusual and very crazy one, which is why I also really like the game. You're pretty much this um, this dude, right, who's being let out, right, and you want to escape. Mm-hmm. Naturally, you're a prisoner. You want to escape naturally. Uh, everyone's out trying to kill you. So you're you're trying to kill everyone you're going through, and then you die. But then when you die, you don't die, die. You come back where you started. And then pretty much the whole premise of the game is that you're trying to literally escape this this repetitive death loop, you know, title. Be as everyone's trying to kill you. So everyone view you as killing you as like a sport, you know, like hunting a rabbit. And it's up to you to, you know, actually break the loop. So a really cool premise. I really like the whole premise. It seemed also in the trailer they were hinting as like some weird competitive single uh, multiplayer mm-hmm. based on the other character who also showed up in the trailer. She, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if another pl- another player can uh, control her and like someone you know you could be playing the game trying to like break the the death yeah. loop and then another player just hops in as like an enemy AI and like just just ruins your day. So I'm really excited with this. Uh, By the way, I, I remember the name of the game now. It was Dishonored. That's what I was thinking of. Dishonored, yes. Yep. I, I did play that one. It's kind of like Assassin's Creed yep. uh, and has like Bioshock, Sherlock Holmes yep. kind of aesthetics. That's a very uh, good game. It, that, that, that game, Deathloop, it reminded me of a cross between Bioshock and Dishonored. Like that was what I imagined that being. Yeah, it's like, I wouldn't say, it's not cyberpunk, but it's like futuristic but old at the same mm-hmm. time. It's kind of weird. But yeah, I'm really excited for these games. Uh, and then also PlayStation announced some non-exclusive games. Uh, and, and um, you know, then, you know, you got the classic sport games, NBA 2K21. Hitman's coming out with a new one. And the one that probably the most controversial of the bunch, GTA 5 is being announced for PS5 <laughs> again. So this is uh, the third generation of consoles that GTA 5 has touched and will be deployed on. Starting back with the <laughs> Two generations back with the 360 and the PS3, and now reaching all the way across to the Xbox Series X and the PS5. Yep. So this thing has been going on for almost eight years, right? And this thing doesn't die. Uh, granted, there are rumors that they're making a sixth one, which I'm pretty excited about. But honestly, I'm not surprised by the move. Um, I wouldn't. It, it's just an easy way for Rockstar to put a game on, you know, launch ty- on, on launch platforms, you know get players interested at least or hold off uh, with a nice graphical uphold and upgrade and, you know, keep them entertained a little bit longer until they you know, crank out the next... I cannot imagine what the code base for GTA 5 looks like at this point. It must be a mess. It's basically like I can... The way I picture it is pretty much like a bunch of bolts and pipes duct taped together and there's always one screw falling out and there's steam coming out somewhere... <laughs> And they're like, we'll pass it up in the next one. And then that patch breaks the other part of the pipe. That thing has been going on for three generations of games with, I don't know how many updates with so many different events. Though I got to give props to Rockstar. They haven't really, you know, let the game die. I mean, they, they still support it with many different events mm-hmm. uh, and constant updates to the game. I, I, I can't even imagine how much cars uh, this game has now. Uh, I keep hearing new events. This game, this game comes out like, I remember a few years ago there was an event for race race car driving and uh, stunt driving and stuff like that, and they just keep releasing new and new. I stopped playing this game like years ago, but I can't even imagine what I mean new content this game has now. 
since the last time I played it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I I can see why people hate it. I I also kind of frustrate it, but as long as Rockstar makes me wait too long for the next one, I'm I'm perfectly happy with this. You know. Yep. Now the question is, if they're gonna charge me sixty dollars again, or oh, we'll see. But uh, so Xbox, right? Their event's still not there yet, but they do have some confirm um, Xbox launch launch titles at least. Right? So you guys are standard Halo Infinite, which just dropped a big teaser a few, I think, yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. uh, on their uh, Twitter. Huge things are apparently coming out for Halo Infinite. Probably some gameplay uh, coming up real soon. So I'm really excited for that. But uh, look at the Xbox Series X launch titles. They're pretty much last gen games being ported over. We got uh, Rainbow Six Siege, Destiny 2 with the new Beyond Light. Uh, Yakuza, like a dragon, which is a new game, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, Rain, uh, Call of the Sea, NBA 2K21, Madden NFL 21, a game called The Medium and Ascendant. I think so, we also got Sinoa Saga Hellblade 2, which is a sequel to Hellblade, the first one, uh, as well as Scorn. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, it's pretty weak, I have to say, compared to the PS5 lineup. Oh, yeah. I really hope Fair. that we see some more exclusives or maybe some cool things coming up when they actually have their event and they go through some more of this stuff. But I mean, I, I, I kind of, to be honest, I have, I have low hopes because I think PS five has a very strong exclusive game list. So I would say, um, the one reason why the PS four did so well, the last generation is because of their exclusives. Um, the last it just of has in the last of us, the last, the last of us, us. <laughs> and the last of us and don't forget the last of us 2 that just dropped uh you have games like horizon zero dawn which we just talked the sequels coming out soon spider-man which was a real heavy hitter for mm -hmm. a lot of people yeah. uh and one for me personally uh and we had games like not maybe not as heavy hitters but you know still add value like sackboy with a little bit planet ratchet and clang grand turismo granted these, these games are not appealing to everyone but it's still there, and there's mm -hmm. still quality titles for who those are interested for. Well, Xbox just seems to be kind of going for more of a, you know, franchise kind of games. You know, these are these are like Ubisoft games. These are about like and sports games, but they're pretty not exclusive games. These games are also will be on the PS5, of course. So, you know, they're pretty much only big heavy hitter right now is Halo. All right, and you know, we're not even sure if that's going to be good. Hopefully, well. Now that we've kind of got a, a, a nice rundown, we've talked a lot about each of the consoles, let's get to one of the probably biggest things that will have to, uh, that will kind of dictate who the winner of this is going to be. What do we think the price of each of these consoles is going to be? Two? Any ideas? The business, repeat what you asked again? The what do you business... think the price tag of these consoles will be? You know, I'm trying to... That's what I've been thinking about throughout these conversations as we talked about specs, you know, gaming gaming uh, libraries that are going to come out at launch and everything. Mm -hmm. But if anything, you know, since this is such an advanced system and usually the way I've seen, you know, you know, PlayStations have come out, they've always come out around the $500 range. I remember when the PS3 first came out, remember the big clunky one that was like 20 gigabytes? That was at $600, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm thinking this PS5, maybe it'll come in at, I'm estimating around 500, between 5 and 600 is where I'm really yeah. feeling the PS5. Xbox, to be honest, I don't have that much experience in Xbox pricing. 
But if I were to guess, since it has you know pretty similar specs to the PlayStation, I higher, would say it's probably it. yeah, slightly higher. Yeah, slightly higher. higher. So I would say it's probably gonna fall into the same five to six hundred dollar range to stay competitive. Yep, hundred percent. You know, rumors have it that the the PS Five is actually about six hundred dollars. You think that's the I digital or the non digital? I think that's the non digital. I think yep, I the agree. digital would be five hundred. Yep, that's my guess also. Five hundred. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't be surprised if they do four fifty for digital one, just to really drive home that they want you to get that. I, I think that's that's pretty much how good Sony's going to play this game. They're going to drop the six hundred price on everyone. Everyone's going to be no, you can't do this. It's going to be like PS three all over again, and the disaster that is. But they're going to be like, boom, buy got the this digital I got this four fifty one. Hey, it doesn't do this, but still plays games. And everyone's like, hmm, that's okay. pretty tempting now. <laughs> I'll buy. So, like, I think that's how they're going to drive the digital market. You know, I, th- I I would not be surprised if Xbox tried to come in with their full Xbox around the same price as digital PlayStation. It's just a little box, though. It's yeah. like a little tiny box. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, Xbox loves to lowball their prices, and I would not be surprised if we see the Xbox um, Series X cost the same as the digital edition PlayStation 5. Honestly, if Xbox really want to um, shake the market in the digital realm, they should go really hard on their Windows platform. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, you know, like you said earlier, they were dabbling on whole Microsoft and Windows Store and all that. You could buy games there. Yep. But it always felt like it was like kind of like a an add-on mm-hmm. to the Windows Store. Not really like a big, heavy catalog, catalog in there. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to, like, I have to actually directly look for games if I want to buy something there. Not like it's there. If they really want to hit this on home, they should really make either a separate store on their Windows 10 thing or really make it apparent for the Windows store and really drive home, hey, uh, the Windows um, Xbox Series games, yeah, they're also on PC now. Yep. You know, and that will really shake up the whole you know, market. That, 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 that would be so big. Like, in my opinion, cross-platform is going to be really, really big on these next-gen consoles, especially on the Xboxes. And, I mean, Microsoft, like, I'm pretty certain every game that can run on an Xbox can run on Windows also, right? Like, the, the software is, is the same, essentially, right? So, essentially. I mean, r- realistically, I, I don't see why they're not focusing more on cross-platform. I mean, they're alienating all of these PC gamers, right, that they're just not capitalizing on. Like, I have so many friends that play on Xbox, and the only game I can play with them right now is, like, Call of Duty, for example, um, because that's cross-platform, right? But if Xbox and Microsoft really focused more on honing into the PC market and letting cross-platform kind of grow, I mean, I'd be willing to buy a, a PC kind of, like, Xbox subscription. I might even consider the Xbox Game Pass for PC if it means I can play with my friends on Xbox on my computer, Right. And I mean, if you look, yeah, at, if you look at the definitely. way, if you look at the way that like Call of Duty is doing it right now, you set what type of controller you're working with. Are you working with a mouse and keyboard, or are you working with a regular controller? And it just affects how your matchmaking is going to work. I mean, the biggest problem between PC and Xbox and PS5 was was all about how you know the mouse and keyboard give you an advantage in certain games, and which is totally true, right? But, I mean, now that you see games are solving that problem with, like, this, okay, just check this box if you're using a mouse, check this if you're using a controller, and it just will disable one of the other ones. I mean, is that going to be a perfect solution? No, it's not going to be a perfect solution, but, I mean, 
it's going to be pretty dang close to perfect. I, I think you're going to have a very small fraction of people who are actually going to go out of their way to try and bypass those controls. So, I mean, I, I see it being a, a huge missed opportunity for them, and I think they should really try to capitalize it going forward. Honestly, I mean, we, we have seen momentums in that direction. I mean, we we just heard in the uh, EA uh, event that they had a few days ago that they finally announced that Apex is going to be mm-hmm. not only cross-platform uh, fully now yep. with the Nintendo Switch version is coming out soon. So, like, you're talking about, like, a really big uh, multiplayer popular game. Oh, yeah. Another one that's been added to the cross-platform list. It used to be just mi- Minecraft. Now you got Apex yep. Legends. You got, uh, I believe, Warzone is cross-platform. Yep. You got uh, pretty much a lot of the Battle Royale games are now pretty much... Well, I mean, if, if, we, if we look at this, right? Like, let's take, like, PUBG, for example, right? PUBG is currently... I think the last big battle royale that is not cross-platform, right? Fortnite yeah. is cross-platform, Apex cross-platform, Warzone is cross-platform with like everything. That thing is even cross-platform with mobile yeah. devices. Yeah. See, so I, I mean, PUBG is is a dying game currently, right? Like I've my friends that are still into it and still play it on Xbox, they've been telling me how they're actually adding bots into the game because, like, for one, maybe they don't no, have enough I... people. I mean, if they just implemented cross-platform and you let all of your communities now match make together you solve this problem right you don't you no longer have the issue of needing bots because now you've got multiple communities of players able to play together you know so i i i only see it as a win i really i just can't see the downside of it cross platform has been an answer to a lot of uh games um it has sparked new fan base and it has amped up user bases for a lot of games that were on the decline mm-hmm. and it just it just oh, encourages it just encourages cooperation with like everyone, you know. I see very few times where the addition of cross platform has really, um, I think, hindered a community. The only time I could think of that actually did that was, I think, Fortnite. There was a whole controversy. I don't know if you guys heard of it. Was when they added like true cloud platforming. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the whole issue of keyboard and mouse, right, and then key control, right. Mm-hmm. What actually was happening was controllers where players were doing much better than keyboard and mouse. Yep. The reason they were doing batch better is because in order to their solution to level the playing field was to add a, like a uh, a modified aim assist exactly, but it was so good that it pretty much caused a lot of the keyboard uh, users to complain. Yep. Uh, granted, I don't know how good it was that it can basically make a, a new player into uh, a, like a prestige level 100, mm-hmm. but it was still enough. Personally, I don't think it was that good. I played on both keyboard and, and controller back when this controversy was rampant, and I didn't feel like it was that much of an improvement. But you know, Fortnite has already addressed this; they changed their their aim assist already, and they you know like tweaked it. So, like even that that was just a small issue, and they and they and they addressed it. So you know, I just don't see if, 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 if we think about this too, right? On the new Xboxes, you can actually use a keyboard and mouse, right? Like, you can plug them into your console. Like, for example, yeah. in, in Call of Duty, you can use a keyboard and mouse to play Warzone. You can use a, call, a keyboard and mouse to play different games, right? So, yeah. if they really set their set their eyes on being fully cross-platform, I mean, you can even have games that are only PC games right now. Take it, like, League of Legends, for example, and maybe they'd be able to bring that onto Xbox, and now you can play League of Legends with your Xbox. I mean, this is like an everybody win scenario. I really, I really feel strongly about this. Well, almost um, everyone, almost everyone, I would say. I think you know, I think Microsoft has definitely the edge in the cross-platform because oh, yeah. of the PCs and the Xboxes and everything. But for Sony, you know, 
I see the cross-platform play gameplay between, you know, Xbox, PC, and, you know, Nintendo, if they want to bring on Nintendo, right? Yeah. But I think PlayStation itself would be falling behind on the cross-platform. And then Nintendo, I think, would also be falling behind on the cross-platform. You would think, right? Well, that's definitely true. You would think, but Nintendo has been pretty cooperative with the whole uh, cross-platform thing. They're they're the ones, apparently, uh, went to Microsoft to add uh, cross-platform to uh, Microsoft. Which is true, but the way I'm seeing it is like Microsoft has such a competitive edge on the PC market, so that like their cross platform, you could literally pl- start playing a game on Xbox, pause it, and then continue on your PC. You know, yep. Microsoft has that capability that you could do that, or at least they can implement that capability because it's all one ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Whereas that's kind of hard to do. Like you can't stop playing on your Switch and then switch over to like I don't know your Switch Lite or GameCube or whatever system, right? Or like you can't stop playing on your PlayStation to switch over to your PC. Well- so it's like I, I think you're right. I think Xbox and Microsoft definitely do have an edge, but that's not to say that Sony couldn't make um, make changes to kind of focus more around it, right? If they made a really nice, really good um, environment on Windows, like let's take like Steam for example, right? Steam is great. Like I love that. Like you know, there's a bunch of different like game library loaders and um, platforms and whatnot that you can run games on and whatnot. And I mean, if Sony was to just make one of those and load their exclusives into there, I mean. I don't know how much how much of an edge they'd have. I mean, like for example, on on Steam, we'll use that again. I mean, you can work between two computers, no problem. That both run Steam, right? So if I have one if I have one computer here and I want to run the game here and I want to streamcast it to the Steam on my laptop that can't run that same game, I mean, you can do that perfectly fine, right? And it works. So I don't see why it would be a problem to do to to kind of give better uh, capability between a PS5 and a PC. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah. And another thing we should also consider, right? What when we when we crash these two together, right? Is their last gen support, mm-hmm. right? That's another thing that Microsoft is also taking big strides towards, just like cross-platform, where they're um, basically saying, you know, the, their program that they did back in the Xbox One era, right? Where they're trying to port Xbox 360 games in there, right? Yep. And stuff like that. They already already stated that for the new Xbox Series X. All the games that already been introduced and added to the pro- program will be available along with every Xbox One game mm-hmm. on launch. So you're now talking about that even if Xbox Series X doesn't have huge exclusive games coming out loud, you have a whole library of two generations worth of games yeah. to come back. And PlayStation only said a select few so far. They said the majority of the PS4 uh, games will be in it, but that's not everyone like Microsoft said with theirs. And they didn't even tackle you know, their PlayStation 3 lineup, which apparently I have nothing about. So, you know, I, I do think you're partially right, though, because I do think that Xbox being one ecosystem in general, I mean, you could just copy and paste files off of an Xbox onto a Windows computer, and I would expect that they should probably run, because Xbox is probably just some modified form of Windows, right, at, at a baseline. Essentially, yeah. Um, versus, I think you are partially right about this. There, it would take, like I said, it would take more work for PlayStation to get it to work, but I don't think it would be impossible. Exactly. And I, I, I think to finish this topic up, you know, we'll be addressing cross-platforming, um, we address last-gen performance, specs, price, controller, design. Mm-hmm. And I guess with those things in mind, even before we even touch the games or even play the games or even touch the consoles, right now, what are you guys leaning towards buying if you were to purchase one day one? Let's start with, let's start with four. So, I've always been an Xbox person, 
Yes. Not necessarily yes. because I feel so strongly that Xbox is a superior console. More so because all of my friends have had Xboxes, and that's just kind of what I was forced to buy. Of course. Um, base, if Excluding the fact that most of my friends have Xbox and will likely get an Xbox, I would probably yes. buy the PS5 for the exclusive games. I really like some of the titles they have. Um, I think they look like uh-huh. a lot of fun. Um, but because I know that most of my friends have Xboxes, even though I don't really play Xbox all that much, um, I would probably, if I had to buy one of them, lean towards the Series X, just because if I was going to play with them and cross-platform support wasn't a thing, I'd have to do that. But I do think cross-platform is at a part is at a point where I don't necessarily need an Xbox. So I'll probably keep my PC. Uh, we can play Apex. We can play Call of Duty. I think new titles by those manufacturers will likely support cross-platform. And I don't necessarily think I'm going to need the Series X. So I'm probably going to wind up buying a PS5 if I buy either of them. Now, what if you're, what if you, what if you fix your problem? What if you just buy them all a PS5? Good point. Let me just spend $5,000 and buy all of my friends' PS5s. Congrats. Thank you. Brilliant there you go. I fixed your problem. Brilliant idea. Number two. Genius. What would you do? Genius. What would you buy? Let's say uh, uh, this sorry. holiday. Honestly, I'm not, you guys both know, you know, I'm not that much of a gamer anymore, just with, you know, work and a bunch of other uh, things I'm occupied with these days. But if I were to go with one, you know, I'm a Sony boy, you know, Mm -hmm. deep down and everything. So I would have to go with the PS5. And just, you know, it's not something I would be upset by at all, just because the PS5, you know, it's a well-built console. Yes, I have my dislikes for it, like maybe the color scheme, right? And maybe how everything's set up, but just... But just playing on PlayStation, you know, I always had my friends on PlayStation, ironically. So it's like, it's not that much of a shift for me on that front either. And just the vibes I'm getting from the PS5 and, you know, I've always been accustomed to the PlayStation platform. Um, I'm excited for it. Uh, I can't wait to see what it is. Xbox Series X, no hard feelings on the Xbox Series X. To be 100% honest with you, if Xbox and, my- and Microsoft actually integrate it with like their PC client, right? Yeah, that would probably that would probably shift my opinion. To be one hundred percent honest with you, to go from a PlayStation to an uh, to an Xbox, that would probably be the one thing to shift my opinion. If they can perfect the system outreach between Windows and Xbox, I think that would definitely change my mind completely going towards an Xbox. But at the moment, right now, as these two consoles stand, if I were to get one, it would be the PlayStation. Now it's funny because I would say I come from very different backgrounds, right? With me kind of coming from the Nintendo side, right? Up to the 360 era where my friends primarily played 360. Then when the PS4 came out, we all ported to, we all made a decision together to go to the PlayStation 4. And so I think I literally have tackled every single uh, corner of the market throughout my lifespan of a gamer. And with considering the exclusive on the PS5, but the cross-platform and the heavy specs of the Xbox Series X, I think I decided that I'm definitely going to just stick with PC, and you guys made a horrible choice either way. So <laughs> that was, you know, our discussion on the future of console gaming. I do have one it's more still- point I actually just thought of while we were talking about this point. Hey, me. Sony makes it? TVs, right? So this is something I just thought about. I have two Sony TVs in my house currently, and... I'm curious if maybe we can see some type of integration between the Sony TVs where I won't have to have my PS5 attached to my TVs 
and my Sony TVs can just wirelessly connect to my PS5 and boom, I don't have to actually have an HDMI cable. I don't have to do anything. They just pair up my TVs automatically and I can play my games like that over the over the network on any of my TVs in my house. You know, so I feel like that would actually be a kind of really cool feature that I would like to see. It'd make my life really cool because I can just take my controller, go anywhere in my house and play the games that I want to play. That would be really neat. That's that's kind of what I thought would be cool. We'll see what Sony does. That's a pretty good point. I mean, Sony has touched a lot of devices. Let's see where we go with that. But um, that's, I think that's pretty much how we're going to go with this. Yep. Um, any last thoughts, too? Um, no, I think I've made my points pretty clear. The yep. one thing I did not mention, though, is that I hope Sony comes out with a new God of War game, just saying. Um, super excited if they come out with a new oh, God of War definitely. game. Oh, definitely. Right. definitely. I hope it's sooner. I hope it's sooner rather than later. You know, I've heard rumors about it being in the works, but like, other than that, um, I'm, I'm excited for the future of console gaming, to be honest yep. with you. I'm very excited to see where these consoles are headed, where everything's going. And so... Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm very excited about this. I mean, even with us going to the digital era and, you know, maybe just completely dropping how consoles will work from now on, I'm so excited for it. It's still... I, I'm always excited for the air, for the dawn of a new console generation. Maybe, maybe for, this uh, conversation in a couple of years from now won't be the future of console gaming. It'll just be the future of gaming. Who knows? I can almost guarantee you probably in five years from now, everything about in this conversation will be mute or wrong. Yeah. In some way. Some <laughs> way or fraction. PlayStation will announce tomorrow. It's actually the, PS, the PlayStation 5.5. Thank you for <laughs> All right. So, anyway, I think we're out of time, guys. That's so. the future of console gaming, our discussion on it. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you guys had as much fun listening to us as we had talking about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be, uh, what's it called? Having much more discussions. Um, I think one of the next ones going to be uh, talking about working from home, working from the office, right? Yep. Which is coming yeah. Up. And, you know, we have a lot more to discuss. So please feel free. Like, leave anything you like. Leave us feedback if you can. Mm-hmm. And please continue watching with us as we, you know, get this together. And thank you, everyone. Have a safe day out there. Cool. Yep. This, Thanks, has been, this has been the 429 Podcast signing off. Good night, guys. Take care.